you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today we are talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, and that is authority marketing. Now, Phil is joining us today, and he's an internationally renowned celebrity entrepreneur and business and sports consultant best known for billionaires and boxers. So we definitely want to hear more about that. He's a former professional athlete. He's the host of a top five podcast with more than one. I'm assuming M means millions. Yeah, I'm not in the billions yet. Still in the millions. (laughs) Downloads each month. He has created over 10 hours of podcasting and satellite TV content, reaching 26 million homes. And Phil is exceptionally well-connected globally and is sought after for his ability to teach sport to business and business to sport. Often the intermediary for large-scale commercial and investment deals, he also translates football into business and vice versa. Welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you for having me. Let's have some fun. Phil, just before we get into what you're going to teach and train on today, which yeah. I am very excited for, why don't you share a little bit about who you are and, you know, how did you become known as billionaires and boxers? Yeah, it's a good question. So I think one of the important things to note here is that I, I talk a lot about not waiting to be discovered and inviting yourself. I'm a great example of that, really, um, which is why I now teach it. So this was never intended to be my business i had no intention of being a coach or a consultant in fact most coaches and consultants annoy me so i didn't i, I had no intention of being that field it's really funny actually people are like oh you've been ranked number one in the world for the past six years is this coach and consultant how does that feel and i was like not great i don't like these people and where it came from was i grew and sold uh two sports podcasting networks and then realized that the the power of that was really not in the content it was in the vip networking with whoever the hell i wanted to meet and then started to realize that i could do that for business so i grew and sold two professional services agencies one consultancy which was specializing in uh, emerging marketing and the other one was a recruitment business headhunting firm talent firm search firm whatever you want to call it and we sold those for and exited those really successfully but Everything we had done had been kind of inviting ourselves to the top of the industry. So I was too young to retire. I didn't have enough money to retire. I had some money in the bank not to do anything for a while, but certainly not enough to last me for the next 60 years, not with my spending habits and not with my wife, definitely not with my wife's spending habits. So it was like, well, what are we going to do? And I kind of didn't know. But what started to happen was people would come to me and they'd say, hey, Phil, how did you get 
that TV show? And how did you win that client? And how did you get on that stage? And how did you meet that person? And I got so sick of telling them that I met them networking through podcasting that I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to teach people how to do this. And it was meant to be like a short term. Let me just consult for a couple of people, teach them how to do it. And fast forward X amount of years later, I keep winning awards for it. So I must be pretty good at it, but I don't, I'm not sure I enjoy it as much anymore. But where that's kind of led to is it, everything's kind of emerged and grown from there. So we now have a broadcast network that reaches i mean goodness knows we've just bought a new one so well over 50 million homes across 40 different countries worldwide top five percent podcast networker with million downloads plus each month streaming channels blah 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 and where that kind of came from was that as everybody started to have a podcast that was no longer the thing that helped you stand out so then we got global radio and streaming and then everyone got streaming and it was like well that no longer makes you stand out so we just keep going up and up i, I have jokingly said to my team i hope they're ready because we're probably about two years away from making movies that's where i think it just keeps going started off with let's have a chat on a podcast now it's you know producing hundreds and hundreds of hours every single month of business content that we use to elevate our clients and really kind of give them the ability to use the same tools that we did really like network to win clients network to win stages platforms investment but also i mean how many people in the world do what you do right if you yeah. could be the one who turns around tomorrow and says, I'm a host of a satellite television network that reaches 50 million people plus a top 5% podcast network with a million downloads plus each month because I'm the person in the industry to listen to, you're now in an audience of one, which is really what elevates our clients, which mm -hmm. is why I describe it as inviting yourself because it's a choice to go and do that. You can either hide mm -hmm. in the shadows and remain unknown or you can step into the limelight. Phil, that is incredible. But something I always wonder about, you know, were there struggles during that time? Because, some, you know, sometimes we look at people like you and we go, oh, well, he's special, right? Or he he's lucky or mm. he's whatever. And the thought that goes along with it. And we are not. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I that. love to share some of the struggles, too, to show that, you know what, the people on my show are real people who yep. lived real lives, you know, who didn't have silver spoons that everything fell into their lap. Not at all. Okay. So firstly, I am special, but so is everybody else listening. Um, <laughs> I, I, I firmly believe that everybody has a superpower. Everybody has I that agree. thing that makes them unique. And if you don't know what that is, it's often the thing that you play down when somebody says, oh, you're really good at that. And you go, ah, it's easy. Anyone can do that. You know, I just right place, right time. And it's always that thing that's your superpower that you play down because you don't realize that the reason it comes easily to you is because it is your superpower yes. right if spider-man climbs a wall and someone goes wow it's incredible you climb that wall and you're like well you know the wall was just there i just kind of went up it you know it's not a big <laughs> deal it's like no it's really cool that you can do that other people can't do that same as superman flying through the air someone goes wow how did you do that and he's like well you know there's a good breeze today it was a <laughs> like no what are you talking about other people can't do that so no it, listen i i often say that we have the success that we do today and the reason that we're really good at coaching and consulting is because we've tried every wrong door to find the right one <laughs> that's kind of what makes us so unique and and it's like standing on the shoulders of giants when you work with us because it's like we have tried every wrong door so that you don't have to no there's been a lot of struggle along the way i mean even if you you, you mean talking about not being born with a silver spoon you know i was in and out of the social care system grew up in a house with a lot of abuse a lot of drugs a lot of violence in and out of the social care system i got kicked out of school at 14 and slept rough i was homeless for a for a quite some considerable length of time i'm you know statistically i'm supposed to be dead or in prison i'm not supposed to be where <laughs> i am today so and I was well aware of this. I got kicked out of school at 14 and I went to a remarkably rough school. We were the first school in the UK with metal detectors. So that kind of gives you the idea of this kind of school I went to. 
And as I got kicked out of school, we had this final school report. And my head of year wrote, and I'll never forget this. Funnily enough, speaking of authors, it's coming up in my book. I've actually mentioned it in my book. The phrase will live with me forever. She wrote, my head of year, final statement at the end of my school report, as I've been expelled from school, never allowed back, was, there is frankly nothing that endears me to Philip. There is nothing to like. Of this, I am certain he will either be famous or infamous, of which I am unsure. That was the end of my school report. <laughs> Uh, and here's how bad it was. I went Talk home. Talk about a prophet, eh? Yeah, I went home and was like, what's infamous mean? And it was basically <laughs> like, well, you're either going to be a famous criminal or you're going to be famous or something else. And I was like, but she thinks I'm going to be famous. <laughs> I'm taking the positives from this. You focused on the right part. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm gonna be famous for anyway. So, you know, I'm Richard Branson. I'm Al Capone. I'm not sure I care which one, to be honest. Not at this point. I've got kids. I certainly don't want the gangster lifestyle. I'm too much of an old man. I like my slippers. But, you know, if you're looking for somebody that was born with a silver spoon which is why i'm here to use trump's statement my daddy did not give me a small loan of a million dollars to to help me to do this i don't know who my dad is so he's certainly not giving me a million dollars <laughs> he probably asked me for a million bucks to be honest no there was no silver spoon everything that has been built has been built off you know hustle mode and hard work and and putting ourselves in the right place at the right time and but like i said a lot of this is about inviting yourself i mean there are loads of business owners that go broke as their industry's best kept secret and one of the big things i think people need to take away from this is that perception beats perfection as one of my clients worded it really nicely recently having worked with me he said i've come to the realization that you're right it's better to be best known rather than be the best and it is because you can go broke as the best if nobody knows who you are but as best known at least you're having some success you're getting some cash flow through the door you're helping some people People will forgive you for your mistakes, but what nobody will forgive you for is hiding in the shadows. Wow, you just unpacked a huge one there. And I, I want you to repeat that one phrase. So it ended with perfection. Oh, perception beats perfection. That is so true. You know, it's funny you said that because one of the things that I teach with my clients with them writing the books is, is that the perception mm -hmm. is that being an author makes you a more credible expert than someone Correct. who's not. Correct. And it's only a perception. Well, let's take that one step further. So that little blue ribbon that you get at the top of your book that says sold a million copies worldwide. Every interview, every client talk, every summit, every stage, every media write-up. That's what they're going to say about you. Does it matter if those million copies of that book were sold for 10 cents each in India and Pakistan? No. No. Nope. Because the perception remains the same that you have sold a million copies of your book worth worldwide. And trust me, I've read best-selling books that I should have kept in the bathroom and used instead of toilet paper. These things were horrific, right? There's nothing of any value in there. It's just 2% gold, 98% waffle, right? And it's like, yeah. this, this wasn't worth writing down. A tree died for this. What the hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that that was not a good trade is the way that we look at this but the perception is still that this person is great how many of us look on linkedin profiles for example and are instantly attracted to somebody that is a times or an amazon bestseller we've never read their book it could be completely useless there's a friend of mine that actually got sued by amazon which is quite funny if you ever want to look at the story you should go and search for it called mike Winnett. he wanted to show how easy it was to get to bestseller status so he printed a book that had no words in it except for the middle pages that said like something like this is not a book and then he did all the amazon hacking of buying it a certain amount of times and getting enough people to review it within the first 24 hours and they put him to bestseller stages and there was nothing in the book it's completely empty and it was just to show how ludicrous this situation is right now yeah. that was funny and amazon didn't like him for it but the reason i'm bringing it up is 
as well as it being a funny story, the message behind it is so powerful. Doesn't that show you this? He got mm-hmm. instant credibility plugged in because yeah. one of the biggest brands in the world called him a bestseller and he didn't write anything. Could you imagine what you can do if you actually contributed something of value and put it out in the market mm-hmm. and did some good with it? You know, whether you're an author, whether you're a TEDx speaker, whether you're a keynote speaker at a major event, those things may get you some sales. They might. But the reality is leveraging the perception that comes from the credibility of those things is what grows your business, not how many copies of the book you sold. Unless you're JK Rowling, it's not going to really change your life how many copies of your book you sold. But having a book that adds value and leveraging the credibility to grow your business, that has impact beyond measure. I just want to say like, amen. (laughs) (laughs) Testify. You know, there's sometimes there's there's things that guests say and I'm like, I can't add anything to that. It perfectly said the way that it was. And and I love that leveraging, right? Mm. It, it's I teach my clients that their books, everything, the authority marketing, mm-hmm. being on podcast, hosting a podcast, mm-hmm. these are all tools. Correct. And it's if you don't use the tool, mm-hmm. You know, you can be on all the the podcasts you want, but if you don't let the world know that you've been on these podcasts, it comes to nothing. I've been doing the Author to Authority podcast since 2019. Now, not consistently, and that's my word for the year, consistency. So I've been working on that. Good, okay. But, you know, it's a positioning tool. But if nobody knows that I'm the host of the Author to Authority podcast, if nobody knows that, what difference does it make? No, you're so right. No, you're so absolutely right. I mean, look, the... The cool thing about the podcasting thing was, and while we've touched on that, so the very first time I got told we'd hit over a million downloads a month, it actually changed me and not in a good way. Because the way that I talk to my guests is it's just me and you. We're just having a chat and I've just happened to hit record. So the second I found out that there was a million people listening worldwide, that actually made me really nervous for the next few episodes. Mm -hmm. I started being a lot more conscious about what it was that I was saying because my attitude has always been the strategy to get a million downloads and the strategy to make a million dollars are two completely different strategies. And I was using podcasting to make money. So let me put it this way. If I'm interviewing prospective clients and prospective Mm -hmm. partners and I'm winning clients and I'm making partnerships that are growing my business, do you think I care if anybody listens? listens to that episode like not in the slightest i couldn't care less right but how many people do it the other way no one's listening and there isn't a strategy to it so they get about 10 episodes in and go there's no point doing this it's a waste of my time so they stop because there was no strategy behind it so here's the biggest irony of this i developed a strategy that was all about grow the relationships and use it for networking and don't worry about the downloads and the downloads came anyway which is mental but the reason the downloads came and i've looked into this because it completely baffled me at first It's because I'm having real business conversations. That's what people are enjoying. It's not this overly polished, you know, I've seen what happens with TV now, right? We we record a podcast. If we record for 65 minutes, 65 minutes gets released. But if I did that on a television network, 30 minutes of that 65 minute conversation has been ripped out and put into it for just those best bits. So podcasting for me is just a phenomenally pure, long form really great way of learning and seeing how business is actually done and that's where i think listeners can can really have value but to anybody listening whether it's a book whether it's a podcast whether it's whatever you have to ham this point if you're not going to leverage it then why are you doing it i mean you can always make another dollar you can't make another minute so why would you contribute any of your time which is your most valuable Mm -hmm. commodity to something if there isn't a strategy behind it you know i say to people you might spend ten thousand minutes on a podcast 
right mm -hmm. throughout the year right doing different interviews you on their show them on yours etc etc well you wouldn't spend ten thousand dollars on a facebook ad without a strategy so why the hell would you put ten thousand minutes into podcasting without one makes no sense yeah. you know it was funny when i was first considering doing a podcast and i have to be honest i tend to be a visual person so mm -hmm. i am starting to listen to more podcasts but you know i'd rather read a book but when i looked at podcasting and i one of my clients was a podcast mentor right um you know we started talking about this you know what was the strategy you know because he was like okay you're not starting a podcast for the sake of starting a podcast what was the strategy behind it mm. and for me it was two things first of all it was going to be the long game mm. right in terms of building content building audience that mm. so in the beginning it, was, it wasn't really about the audience it was mm -hmm. about building a content library but the other thing he said which went right along with what you just said was the guests that you have on your show, you know, the relationships you develop. And if you choose your guests wisely, mm -hmm. some of them are going to become your clients. So as far as I know, I have not made money off my audience. Sorry, audience. I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> but I have developed great relationships with the guests that have been on the show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from there in the right time and seasons, some of them have become my clients. Yeah, correct. And so I, I love the fact that you took a look at the podcasting as the network that you build, not yeah. necessarily the audience in the beginning. And, you know, no. some of these things are long games. Yeah, I think the way that I look at it is it's a VIP backstage pass to network with whoever I want to network with. So mm -hmm. it, I see it more as a giant, and it's the same with the television content, but I see it more as a giant spotlight. Whatever I shine it on is going to become illuminated. So if I want more speakers, more customers, more stages, more media opportunities, whatever I shine it on, I get more of. The audience is a byproduct. Now, we still take the same methodology with our television networks. We reach 50 million homes. We don't monetize those homes. The money that we make through advertising and sponsorship on those channels gets donated to our nonprofits and philanthropic uh, causes. Because for me, it's part of our philanthropic work. We're finding great people, having great conversations. We're bringing clients on and elevating them and growing their businesses and taking them to the top of their industry, all leveraging this platform. We've already won from it. The least that we can do is create great content and give that back out to free for an audience. So we, I'm never looking at monetizing the audience. That's not what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. There's enough people trying to sell them subscriptions and all the different types of pieces and you know sell their data i have no interest in that that's not why i'm doing this i think whoever that mentor was is quite wise to tell you that so the way that i look at it is your content is about earning and about learning that's it mm -hmm. right and a great way of looking at that is what i call my four p's which are when you're interviewing people if they're not one of the four p's why the hell are you talking to them and the four <laughs> p's are purchaser that's pretty obvious. It's going to become a client. Partner, which is what I call an NCP, a non-competitive partner. So who works with the same target audience that you do, but delivers a different service or product. Yeah. The third one is promoter. And that's usually somebody who's a bit of a super fan, loves what you do, is unlikely to be a partner or a purchaser, but can introduce you to more of the first two. And then the final one is a platform. Who has a platform, a stage, a podcast, a speaking opportunity, media, television, that can introduce me, even a mastermind group, that can introduce me to more of the first three. So I always look at somebody and say, they're my four Ps. That's what I'm judging mm -hmm. who I'm speaking to by. That's how I'm going to be earning and learning from this because I'm building relationships and I'm having fun with these people and I'm seeing who's a good fit to do business with. But the reason that they appear in that order is that that's the order of priority. So what yeah. you need first and foremost is not a stage, it's customers because you can't pay the bank manager with speaking opportunities. You know, they don't accept Facebook likes. That's not how <laughs> this works. So you've got to get clients in. 
I don't want to constantly be having to win a client one-on-one. That's long-winded. Let me get a partner who can introduce me to 10 clients per year. And if I go and find 10 of them, that's 100 customers a year. Then it's, okay, well, how do I get introduced by my super fans to more of the first two so that then I have people going out and preaching the gospel according to St. Phil? But you know what I mean? It's like, how do I get people to go out and start doing that? And then the final one is, great, now I've got this and I've got some some legs to stand on and I've got some framework and I've built a foundation. Let's go on to stages because one of the big things that I think people haven't learned yet and this is a big one for anybody, whether you're doing a podcast, a book, or just growing a business in general, is prior to 2018, I would say, it was starting to wane off a bit then, but I'd say prior to 2018, the strategy as to how you're to grow your business was how to capture attention, right? Yeah. Which is why people like Gary Vaynerchuk saying, create content, create content, create content. That was great. Really great strategy. Just get yourself out there and create loads of content. Now, we live in a world where everything is vying for your attention. Facebook stalking you around. If you say something near your phone, Amazon's trying to sell it you, you know, you can't watch something on TV without it now stalking you everywhere you go. I mean, we're getting pretty close to living in like a twilight zone where you walk past a billboard and it'll be personalized, depends on what you see. Like, will be that yes. thing that's trying to sell to you, right? Just stalking us around the internet. So now it cannot be how do you capture attention? There are companies spending billions of dollars to capture your attention. You're not going to win that race. That fight's over, you lost, right? Yeah. Don't even try. What you have to do now is say, okay, who is it that I'm trying to speak to and where are they looking? Because I need to stand there. And they're two completely different strategies for how do I flail my arms and legs around to get people to look at me? And how do I build a relationship with the person who already has the audience? Use law of reciprocity to give them something so that they want to reward me with standing in front of that existing audience. That's a completely different strategy and it's the one that's winning. Well, it's the difference between farming, fishing and hunting. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll let the audience think about that one. But I wanted to go back to your four P's because when yeah. you said that in my author to authority book, I, I have a whole chapter on networking Great. and I named them the six C's that you need to have in your network. Okay. So crowd, that's the yeah. people who are on the outside looking in, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously your clients, mm-hmm. your comrades. So mm-hmm. those are the people who are on, you know, basically kind of the same level of business you are. You develop close relationships with them. You do JV partnerships with them. Mm-hmm. When you're having a really bad day and you want to quit, they're the ones that you can go to. And unlike your family that says, oh, dear, if it's just too hard, it's okay. You can quit. They look at you and go, like, suck it up, buttercup. You yeah, can do yeah, it. yeah. I am with you. Great. Like that. Right? Collaborators, connectors, mm-hmm. and coaches. So very similar yes. very to. Very similar. To what to what you were talking about there? Yeah, very and similar. I Phil, I think you and I could go on for a very long time here. Oh, we could have a lot of fun. We'll go. We'll go full Joe Rogan. We'll do like a half day thing. Oh, I think I think my husband and my guests that are coming over for dinner tonight would be a little <laughs> bit upset right. about that. One. Bring him on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would happen either. <laughs> like we talked a lot about leveraging. So maybe you can just take a couple of minutes. So people have these things. So say they've been on podcasts, say Mm -hmm. they've, you know, been on Facebook lives. I don't think most of my audience yet has, you know, been on either big stages or TV or, Mm -hmm. you know, any of those types of things. So they're, they're starting out in the smaller stuff. How would they leverage what they've done? Good question. Okay. So I'll give you a couple of links that you should use as well, actually, but here's a couple of things. So number one is you need to be getting yourself on more content. We'll talk about how to leverage what you've already got, but you know, finding these people using the four P's and getting yourself out there is a great start. So if you go to places like podmatch.com, uh, which is where we met, 
uh, matchmaker.fm, uh, podbooker.com, three of my favorite podcast booking sites. I mean, I led with Podmatch because it's owned by a good friend of mine, Alex Sanfilippo, who, full disclosure, is a business partner of mine on the broadcast side. So I'm, I am giving him a plug. Yeah, but it's all right. He's a good guy. Um, it's okay. I just met Alex, actually. He, at, he's a at good egg. Podfest, which was in January. Yeah, I, I wind him up a lot, actually, because I always say all those pictures from Podfest, somebody should have got him a box to stand on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was very happy with those comments. And now I've put it on air. So you're welcome, Alex. Get on those three sites. I mean, that's the easiest way. I mean, they all have a free version. I would highly recommend you do the paid version. They're not particularly expensive, but they all have a free version. So I like to give you actionable steps that have zero barrier to entry, right? Yes. There is another platform that I really love that I'll, I'll drop my affiliate link for, and you can stick it in the comments and in the chat. It's a website called Capshow. And Capshow is an artificial intelligence tool that allows you to, now they're actually bringing out a guest part of this, that allows you to upload your guest appearances. It will help spit out LinkedIn articles for you, at least 80% ready so you can tweak them. It gives you the quotes that you gave during that. So you can yeah. either do that yourself or give it to a social media team to turn into um, social media collateral and social proof. Um, you can go on to things like IMDB. Now as a podcaster, recently they've added in host, podcast guest and podcast host as titles on IMDB, which means that all of the interviews that you do can be on there, which ranks incredibly highly for Google backlinks. But ultimately, this thing here is about you can't just do the interview and it's one and done and then you leave it alone. Like mm -hmm. I, I use this in all kinds of ways. So take this interview, for example, if I wanted to if I'm speaking at a conference mm -hmm. for uh, potential authors or people who've written a book or want to write a book. Right. What I would do is at the end of this conference, before they book a call with me, I would send them a link to this podcast interview. I'd say, actually, funnily enough, I had this conversation with Kim about how you leverage it. Go and have a chat. And if it resonates with you, let's book in a call and have a conversation. Yeah. And I'm letting my content do the storytelling for me and doing the sales for me. I don't have to say the same thing on every call over and over yeah. again. Like, this is me. I've said it here. If you've mm -hmm. enjoyed this, great. You're getting a taste of my personality. This right here is a great example of something that I could use for my sales because there's two things. Number one, okay, hopefully I've dropped some gold so that people can see some, some information. But <laughs> here's the second one and potentially the biggest one. If you're listening to this thinking, this guy's a douchebag. Who is this idiot? Don't work with me, right? Because this is who I am. Like, you're not going to enjoy working with me. If this, is, if this is not you, like, I have turned you off and you should leave me alone, right? However, if you're listening to this going, I like this guy. He's fun. He's direct. He, he, I, I can see myself learning well from him. Great. Come and have a conversation with us because there's some deep spiritual stuff and some intuition stuff that goes into this as well in the background and all that kind of great jazz. But if you're resonating with me, come talk to me. You know, yeah. one of my greatest ever mentors said, make more decisions with your heart and less with your head because your heart doesn't lie to you. And I like that a lot. So if, if you have either turned you on or I've turned you off, a weird expression, but let's go with it, right? And if you like it, come talk to me. If you don't, leave me alone. But I never have to say these things again. So that's another way that you can leverage this now is you can leverage it by putting it on your social media, taking the quotes, setting up a thing like Calendly and then having Calendly workflow. And in the days in between calls before they come to you, dropping in interviews that they can then watch before they come on. And they're either going to cancel the call because they don't resonate with you and save you a ton of time or they're going to really resonate with you. And they, they're going to come on the, the call and be like, hey, Kim, you know, when you said this thing, that was really funny. I like that. Tell me, how do you do this? And we're straight down to business. We've oh, I love that. Phil, that was gold. That was just pure gold. And I'm writing that down as we talk. So I want to go back to Capsule for a second because yeah. we actually, I actually had Deidre Chishen on you? the podcast oh, uh, 
January 24th. So it's episode 316. So if you yeah. want to find out more about Cap Show, you should go back to three six, episode 316 because um, Deirdre talked about, you know, how to get four ways to get unlimited traffic. Of course, yep. she highlights the Cap Show. Mm. Um, I have tried it out. As a writer, I found that for me, it's actually easier just to write everything than tweet. Oh, stuff. sure. You, look, you are you're a writer. The vast majority of us aren't. I mean, a lot of the people yeah, exactly. on the podcast, for example, <laughs> you know, I, I'm releasing three books this year, and I've pretty much transcribed all of them because I'm not I'm not a writer. That's not my thing. Yeah. You know, I will sit for two hours and stare at a blank piece of paper. But if you give me a microphone, I'll go for days. Well, that's so because most people are stronger in either writing or speaking. Yeah, definitely. But you know what I would say about Deirdre, and I'm not just saying this because she's a client. I absolutely love her platform. Like, even if she wasn't a client, I would still be using that platform. It's 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 really good. I think it's really great in particular for picking out titles that are SEO friendly that allows you to kind yeah. of rank better. I think that's really clever. I really like the quotes section where it's mm -hmm. actually going to give you your best quotes from the interview. So there's so many cool tools out there. Now, AI is the buzzword at the minute. Right. And everyone's kind of chatting all about AI. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I actually worked in AI for a long time, many years ago. So I have a slightly different perspective mm -hmm. on it. But what I would say is technology is at its best when it's enhancing the human experience. And that's what yeah. I like about Cap Show is that it allows you to enhance the human experience from a human conversation to reach more humans, as opposed to something like a chat app that is designed mm -hmm. to just take humans out of the process altogether. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm not the biggest on AI, though I do like Cap show because sometimes i think you know especially as a publisher and i've done a, like a lot of low content books and things like mm -hmm. that kind of on the side you know i think it's 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 possible that you know if you're just using the ai and you're not allowing that human content to come in i think you actually lose authority i agree but if you if you use it and you tweak it and you kind of make the AI as a foundation and then you go in and you really make it your own, it lays a good foundation for you, but it can't build the entire house. I couldn't agree more. I think it's in it's utilizing it to enhance that human experience where if you if you let it do it for you, it's not even gonna sound like you. You know, and the people who you know, if I if I wrote all of my books, for example, using AI then people would listen to my shows, they'd watch my TV content, they'd read my book, and they'd be like, who wrote this? This doesn't sound anything like Phil. Uh, exactly. And that's, that's not doing your brand any good whatsoever. But utilizing no. it to support you and bring some stuff together and design a framework and find some SEO things and some quotes, yeah, use that stuff for days. That's a brilliant way to use it. I so agree. Okay, Phil, we are actually out of time. You are going to be coming back because I think we're going have to have you decided for me? <laughs> well, okay, that, that's always I will that I'll you come enjoyed back. being on the I show did. and you want to come back. But... I did. I will come back. I will come back. I was playing with you. But no, I had fun too. It's it's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's 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 nice when you meet people who, I mean, this is a great example of a non-competitive partner. In fact, if people want to see these things in work, Kim and I work with a lot of the same target audience, but deliver a different service or product. We would be really yeah. good at referring business to each other because there are people that are writing a book to get credibility that if we plug them in with what we're doing, sky would be the limit. But likewise, there are people working with us to get their credibility they don't have a book and there's another aspect yeah. and a tool that they should really be using especially given how much content they're creating and how much you know equipment if you will and how many tools and resources they have to actually turn that into chapters of a book that would help people so it's actually the reverse too so mm. i i'm i'm working with a marketer and you know he was talking about creating content and i'm like okay so you know i have 300 podcast episodes I've written an almost 200 page book yeah. and I'm already working on putting out an article e 
I've already got the article titles for 52 articles for this week. 12 are written. Mm -hmm. Um, And he looks at me and he goes, you are unusual. I said, yep. Because usually, you know, marketers like, okay, we need content. Oh, yeah. I've got so much content. What? Yeah, you're so right. It's like getting blood from a stone. So I I owned a marketing consultancy for many years. And and it would almost be like they'd hire you and they'd go, right, create content, monkey, go. And you'd be like, wait, you need to give me collateral. I need stuff from you. And they're like, no, no, that's why we hired you. We hired you to create content. I'm like, you what? I can't create content in your voice in the way that you do this, which is another reason, by the way, I love podcasting because mm-hmm. podcasting, when your marketing team or an external agency chop it up, it's literally using your voice as your marketing. I mean, it's the definition of your voice. And I yeah. absolutely love that because there's no misconceptions. People get to taste your flavor, see your personality, see what you're all about. And I absolutely yeah. love that. So I will definitely come back on. Thank you for the invite. If people have enjoyed this episode and they want to connect with you more, what's the best way to either work with you or connect with you on social media? Like how, what would you prefer? Great question. So if you go to B-I-B-Phil, P-H-I-L, B-I-B-Phil.com, you will find all of my links there for my LinkedIn, my social media, booking a call. There's even a superhero quiz on there, which is completely free. It's going to take like three minutes of your time and it will give you an idea as to what your superpower likely is, as well as some of the weaknesses. And that will give you a bit of a clearer idea as to the things that you should be doing and the things that you should be avoiding and partnering with other people to do. So if you go to com, you will find all of my links there. That's about as, as much as I'm going to be able to say is just, Wow. Phil, thank you so much. This has been an amazing interview. I have enjoyed it greatly. Audience, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to the Author to Authority podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.